the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Annyeonghaseyo, everybody. Welcome to Ridiculous History. I'm Ben. Mushi Mushi. Uh, my name is Noel. And uh, <laughs> yes, this is indeed Ridiculous History. And I know that was the incorrect greeting. You uh, set up the theme correctly with your greeting. And you said it beautifully, Ben. Annyeonghaseyo? Uh, I said it terribly. Oh, did I say it better? Uh, no. No? No. Gosh. It turns out that neither of us speak Korean. That's true. Uh, is that going to be a problem for today's episode? Do you think? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Did I tell you that story of the last time I was in Korea? I went, <laughs> so I I was walking around, right, and mm. I'm in Seoul, mm. and everybody is very, everybody's very friendly. You walk into a shop. and Well-dressed, pe- I hear, as well. Right, right. And yes, very much so. And people, shop owners or shop employees, when you walk in, they greet you. They say, hello, annyeonghaseyo. And they say it usually in a, in a loud, strident tone. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was saying whatever the proper response was. And so I walk in, these people would say, hello. And then I would say, I would do my bit in Korean, which I do not speak. And then they would switch to English and ask me, you know, if I needed help, if I needed to look for anything. And I thought, okay, sure, my Korean's admittedly garbage. It wasn't until I was driving back or I was riding back to the airport when the cab driver asked me, had I learned any Korean? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this, and I know this. And when people say hello, I say this, and he, and he stops, and he goes, oh, man. You haven't been, like, doing that, have you? <laughs> he said, you— do you know what that means? So what? And he said, it means where am I? So I was walking in, people were saying hello, and I was waving at them and going, where am I? <laughs> and that's why they switched to English. They're like, this man is in a fugue state of some sort. He is uh, mm-hmm. confused and stumbling around and mm-hmm. doesn't know what's going on. But what an adventure. And despite our uh, mutual lack of fluency in the Korean language, we're still going to have a great time with today's story. Oh, we should also mention Super producer Casey Pegram is here. (laughs) 
Always. I don't know why I did that like a late show intro. We've got a great show for you today, <laughs> folks. Casey Pegg here. <laughs> exactly. I love it. He's always here. He's a staple. When he's not here, I die a little inside. Mm-hmm. A little each time <laughs> when he cries. Yes. So, no, we're, we're mentioning Korea not for nothing. We're mentioning Korea because it is part of our story. Today's story is about a war hero, right? Yeah. Can I say badass on air? I think you can, Ben. Okay, I think you can. We think you just did. We've been going back and forth off air before about uh, whether we can say the three we agreed on, Mm -hmm. if I remember. What were they? So there was ass. Oh, man, we're going to just lay them all out, huh? Damn and hell. Should we save those? Well, I mean, I I don't know. Um, Those, I think, are approved. Um, but when you say them all in a row like that, it seems a little blue, Ben. It seems a little blue. Oh, we went, I'm sorry. Yeah, we went blue. We went blue. You never go blue. Once you go blue, we should just do the episode. So, yeah, <laughs> we, we, it's about a kind of an unconventional war hero, mm-hmm. a badass. And his particular flavor of badassery involved uh, single-handedly, uh, largely single-handedly, fending off a wave of Chinese forces that were coming at him with all they had, with all their might. Yes, the story of William Speakman, known as Bill to his friends. Big Bill to his close friends. Big Bill Speakman. Big Bill Speakman was born on September 27, 1927 in Cheshire. He was one of those kids who always wanted to grow up and be a soldier, right? And growing up, a lot of us, regardless of where we live in the world, a lot of us have known children like that. When he was a teenager, he was watching the British forces and the Allies take on Axis powers. This inspired him. He joined the Army in 1945, which means that he just barely missed the conflicts of World War II. Yeah, he was also part of an admittedly, like— Game of Thrones-esque sounding order called the Black Watch Royal Highland Regiment. Um, And then, uh, as was his wish, he ended up joining the King's Own Scottish Borderers. And that is the outfit that he served with in Korea. And the King's Own Scottish Borderers does sound like a band name. really does. You know? Uh, So, Bill, Big Bill, goes to the Korean Peninsula to take part in the Korean War. What's the Korean War? Great question. The Korean War is this back-and-forth struggle that has not yet officially ended. Which is crazy to me. (laughs) It was a ceasefire. Right. And they have, you know, they have consistently not fired, but there was no formal peace treaty. And it was a war that had so many ideological, you know, underpinnings because it was essentially this conflict between communism and capitalism. And the United States got involved because it was, they looked at it as very much a war against the forces of communism, this ideological war. And then the, uh, and China has always been a staunch supporter of uh, North Korea. And even though that makes for some funny bedfellows with us and China and our relationship with them. And that's one of the reasons we can't just go in to North Korea and mess things up because that would totally torpedo our relationship with China. We can't have that. Yeah, this was a proxy war, also called a limited war, wherein the superpowers of the world picked a third country so that they weren't waging actual war on each other's soil, and they fought their war there. Terrible, terrible thing for the people who live in that third country, right? So this war began June 25th, 1950, and it went back and forth For a time, the South Korean forces were on the precipice of losing this struggle 
in October of 1950, hundreds of thousands of Chinese soldiers entered the border, and the capital of Korea, Seoul, would change hands, what, four times during the struggle? Yeah, and what is the 38th parallel, Ben? That's a great question. The 38th parallel existed originally as the boundary between the Soviet and American occupation zones in Japan, but in 1948, it also became the boundary between the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, DPRK, a.k.a. North Korea, and the ROK, or South Korea. At the time, as you know, they both claimed to be the legitimate governments of the entire peninsula, and this this changed a little bit when they signed their armistice agreement in 1953. But we'll we'll get into that later. the The important part is as as we've established that the 38th parallel is where things reached a stalemate. That's right. Enter Big Bill Speakman. He's 24 years old. He's full of vim, vigor, bright eyed, bushy tailed, and thirsty to serve his country. So, as we said, he volunteers in Korea, and when he is volunteering to engage in this conflict, it's still very much anyone's game. It's going back and forth. Seoul is being captured, recaptured, and he transfers to, what was the name of that group you mentioned earlier? The King's Own Scottish Borderers. Mm -hmm. So he transfers to them expressly to join the fight in Korea. He wants to see actual field service. And boy, does he ever, because in 1951, Speakman's uh, battalion was um, up defending a position on Maryang San in Korea. Uh, and that is when 6,000 Chinese soldiers laid siege and were trying to remove them from that position and take over. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When, yes. those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. no we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The day. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. So let's set the stage. It's the early hours of November 4th. The defending battalion is coming under increasingly aggressive and dangerous mortar fire and artillery, and that is followed by a wave of Chinese troops advancing from their positions. They attack the Commonwealth trenches, and by a little bit before 6 in the morning, 5.45 or so, the sides have entered Malay hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, I'm confused about this. So why were they doing hand-to-hand combat? Why weren't they shooting at each other? Because they got close enough to— So, so the, the mortar fire and the artillery, it's smacking the tar out of the Commonwealth troops. Got it. And while they're on the defensive, the soldiers are getting close enough— to, this is trench warfare. It's essentially like that going over the top kind of situation. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right. So they couldn't shoot from, you know, from like a, a rifle position, an individual walking position. You can't shoot into the trench easily. That makes sense. So when we say hand to hand, we are talking largely about, I mean, that just that. There's fists involved. There's hand grenades involved. Knives. There's knives. There's chucking anything that you can get your hands on involved. And that, mm. is, that becomes a big part of the story. So Private Big Bill Speakman is prepping hand grenades when he hears a message over the radio saying that two groups have been overrun, two platoons, and that the ridge may fall into enemy hands. So he gets the band back together. He gathers up whomever is closest to him, hands out grenades, and says, let's go. And there's this quote in an article from The Independent uh, that has Speakman describing the scene like this. He says, it was hand-to-hand. There was no time to pull back the bolt of the rifle. Um, It was November. The ground was hard, so grenades bounced and did damage. This makes me think of, like, a video game called Borderlands where you could get uh, different mods for your grenades, and one of them made them, like, bouncing grenades. So they would, like, literally— bounce off of things and then explode continuously. I know this is not the kind of sci-fi situation that's going on here, (laughs) but what would, uh, why would a bouncing grenade do more damage? I'm trying to picture that because it only blows up once. So I guess if we're speculating, we would say that the bounce puts it in a different position, you know, sort of like hitting a, Hitting a cool trick shot on a pool table. Maybe it gets it makes it go farther too. You could literally mm-hmm. bounce it off because the, the ground is cold and frozen. You could bounce it off and then it would go farther. Yes. And if you're yes. just chucking tons of them, then it would just create absolute havoc. So he's got his group of six men who have joined him in collecting piles of grenades and, and, and throwing them right at the enemy forces. It's important to say that. Speakman does this on his own initiative. He's not ordered to do so. He gets hit in the leg because war is an ugly, nasty, dangerous thing, but he keeps fighting and he holds back the Chinese forces long enough for those platoons that were overrun to evacuate their wounded. And he keeps going. We'll never know how long he would keep going. He didn't stop until he was directly ordered to get his leg looked at. 
Yeah, but in the meantime, when they ran out of grenades, he started just grabbing whatever he could get his hands on. And um, in these days, uh, the troops were allowed to have some beers, so they had a whole kind of pile of empty beer bottles. And he was able to kind of create a diversion just by hurling beer bottles at the oncoming uh, opposition and probably didn't actually kill anybody or hurt anybody too badly. But it certainly would have been annoying and certainly would have caused a distraction, right? I mean, it's the thought that counts, right? Absolutely. It reminds me of that story we did about the uh, Americans throwing potatoes at a U-boat. Yep. Yep. That really happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it, uh, it was perhaps – exaggerated in later retellings, but it did happen. There's there's a great article in War History Online by Jeff Edwards about this story, about Big Bill Speakman, and it confirms that he did indeed throw these beer bottles. This this story gets a little bit exaggerated sometimes because you'll hear people say that he just started throwing Everything he could, hand grenades, beer bottles, empty ration tins, pencils, small woodland creatures, kitchen silverware, cricket bats, and his own, well, we'll we'll edit this for the air, his own blank meaty fist. Mm. That comes from the great website, badassoftheweek.com, which I highly, highly, highly recommend. He did throw more than grenades and more than beer bottles, too. They threw ration tins, they threw stones, and this did work. The press loved this, by the way. They started calling Bill Speakman the beer bottle VC. And I don't know if I don't know if you saw this part, Noel. He hated that nickname. Well, what does VC mean? That's a big part of the story, too. That, that's the Victorian Cross. Ah, yes. The Victorian Cross. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the Victorian Cross is the highest military honor in uh in the United Kingdom. It is awarded for unparalleled bravery in the heat of battle and was first awarded in 1857 by Queen Victoria. Um, She presented uh, them to 62 soldiers in front of about 100,000 people at Hyde Park, uh, and it has gone on to remain the highest military honor that one can receive. And Bill Speakman got it right away because this mm-hmm. this story caught the public's imagination. Uh, he really was incredibly brave. And to yeah. hear him talk about it, he's like, man, you know, it was just doing what I was trained to do. So, yeah, it's, it's rarefied air indeed. The medal's been awarded 1,358 times, but only 15 medals have been awarded since World War II. And if I'm not mistaken, this would have been the first VC to be awarded by uh, the current queen, Queen Elizabeth II. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. So he loved his country, loved being a VC recipient. He did not care in any shape, form, or fashion to be referred to as the beer bottle VC because he thought it made the army look bad. He thought the implication people would get from this was that he and his colleagues were drinking on the job. And they weren't. Weird fact. You know what they used the beer for? No. They used it to cool down gun barrels, apparently. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. And I still, I I mean, if you are listening and you or one of your relatives was in the Korean War or associated with it, let us know if that's true. 
Because it sounds like a convenient excuse. You know what I mean? Oh, sorry, Sarge. We're not, this beer isn't for drinking. These guns just get so gosh darn hot. Well, it's true, though, Ben. They do get pretty hot. And, uh, you know, these kind of situations require thinking on your feet and using what you have around, as evidenced by this whole situation, which made him one of the, like, a national hero, basically. And he returned back to his home town of Altrincham in Cheshire, and he was beloved. There was a parade for him. Um, before he got home, people had, like, cleaned his house for him, and he was treated very differently, and he didn't particularly care for it. He did not adjust very well to life as a civilian, and he reenlisted pretty quickly. Yeah, yep. He went on to serve in the Army until 1967. He served in the Indonesia confrontation, the Aden emergency, the Malayan emergency. In 2015, he made a return trip to South Korea along with other veterans of the war. And when he was there, he donated his Victoria Cross to South Korea. He believed it started there, and he thought it was sensible to leave it there. And I believe he had a replica made that he gave to North Korea. Does the, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yep. Because, you know, you want to be fair. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You're here. You're here already. No, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The thing. That's we didn't the realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's interesting here is that the Victoria Cross he donates to South Korea is not a replica, but it is a replacement. You see, like, so many veterans of wars. Speakman was lauded at the beginning, but later fell on financial hardship. 
right? And he sold his original Victoria Cross using the money to put a new roof on his house and only later was given a genuine replacement. Not to mention that in 1968, um, he was actually given an absolute discharge from the service because he was arrested in Edinburgh for stealing 104 pounds from a woman's purse. Um, And it was likely only his, you know, lauded military career that kept him out of jail. Right. And he was never really comfortable with this um, this heroic image. He wasn't comfortable being a walking icon. We've got a quote from an interview he did with the BBC around the time he went to South Korea. He said, It started to dawn on me as the days went by, stopping in the street, no matter what, where you went in Ultrancham, people were trying to do things for you. I didn't realize why it's got the VC, really, because I only did what the other guys did. We fought, and that's what we were trained to do. So he wasn't into the, you know, the ego boost, the hero worship stuff, and he didn't want people to think that he was some raging, violent drunk. No carousing and careening throughout the Korean War. He was a guy with a job, and he did it as seriously as he could, even when that involved throwing rocks and stones and ration tins, which technically, depending on whether the tins were empty or full, could make this a food fight. That's very true. Uh, He only just recently passed away uh, in June of 2018 at the age of 90. Um, He had immigrated to South Africa several times and come back, but then ultimately returned to the UK uh, to Chelsea, which is where he passed away at the Royal Hospital in Chelsea. Yes, it's a retirement home and nursing home for around 300 veterans of the British Army. And with... The passing of Bill Speakman, we see the end of his story, his his part, his small part of the Korean War, which, as we record this episode today, still technically continues. The two countries sharing that peninsula in East Asia have not made peace, uh, but it is an eternal hope for the people and the governments of both sides. That was like the safest, most diplomatic way to say it. I think that's very smart to keep it. You know, it, diplomacy is key here, Ben. Diplomacy is key. And you've been to uh, South Korea twice. Yeah. Yeah. I am probably going back later this year, actually. Really? Yeah, it's a thing now. Big fan. All right. I mean, you just find yourself in situations. Well, I guess so. Well, make sure to bring me another hat. That's become our tradition now. You, uh, yeah, I'm glad you appreciate it. I do. Yeah. Very much so. So you got to go sometime if if you get the chance. I'll say it. I know this is the most square thing to say about visiting a place, but the food is amazing. Yeah, it looks like it. Every time you guys go, I can't uh, can't look away from the Instagram stories. So much delicious Korean barbecue. There's a new Korean barbecue place in Decatur as yeah. well, down the street from where we record this podcast. Is it legit? Yeah, it's legit. Cool. It gets the stamp. What's it called? D92. No idea where the name comes from. Well, I'll have to check it out. I love a good Korean barbecue. And Ben, by the way, unrelated, mm-hmm. food-related, happy National Burrito Day. Thank you. you you're know, welcome. I didn't want to have to remind you, so I'm glad that you're saying it. And thank God we've got <laughs> leftover Chipotle in the office today, so I can honor this holiday with gusto. Yes, yes. And we also work down the street from a restaurant called Gusto. And a restaurant called Chipotle. <laughs> and a restaurant called Chipotle. Uh, Casey Pegram. Are you uh, are you a fan of burritos? Love a good burrito. Yeah. How? What would be your ideal burrito? Um, 
I'm pretty weird about burritos. I I do not pack my burrito with much of anything You're other than cheese like, kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. I get like steak, rice, cheese, and that's that's it. I'm good. No beans. No, no beans. Bean free. Casey, no beans. Pegram on the case. <laughs> So uh, this concludes our this concludes our episode, but not our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We would like to hear your stories of unorthodox, strange, or fascinating events in times of conflict. You know, whether from civilians, whether from soldiers, whether your firsthand experience, a story from one of your relatives, hit us with it. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We're also on, in a stunning plot twist, Twitter. It's not really a stunning plot twist. Nah, it's kind of required, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's standard operating procedure. I don't really mess with Twitter. It, it, there's a whole language and vocabulary surrounding Twitter that I am just blissfully ignorant to. I am an Instagram kid, and you can follow me, if you'd like, at Embryonic Insider. You can find me and my various misadventures getting kicked in and kicked out of countries around the world on Instagram, at Ben Bolin. You can see me on Twitter, at Ben Bolin HSW. Most importantly, you can see our favorite part of the show, your fellow listeners, live and direct on our Facebook page, Ridiculous Historians. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Casey Pegram. Thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Thanks to our research associate, Gabe Luzier. Thanks to Bill Speakman. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis. Thanks to whomever invented the burrito. And thanks to you, Noel. Hey, Ben. Thanks to you, too. And thanks to our next episode, which you can join us for, where we talk about a weird Chinese cult surrounding uh, a certain uh, Jesus of Nazareth fellow. Yeah. Cults. Oh, uh, wait. Are you thanking our episode? I am. In advance. Okay. Well... (laughs) Let's make it good. See you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 